Otherwise, with Nancy Richards. Thanks very much, my dear. Otherwise, it is Talking Women here on SAFM, and uh, I'm Nancy Richards. The team today, we've got Hazel Michaelzini, we've got Rob Parkin, and what we've got on the show today is we're going to, in the, in the second bit of the program, we're going to be talking to two photographers, both of them women, two of six, in fact, who represent the new African photography. One of them's from South Africa, the other from Nigeria, and they have very distinctive ideas about how to shoot Africa. Well, uh, in the first half, we'll be getting to the heartbeat of an all-woman singing group. They're from Suffolk in our women's group series, and they've been together for over 20 years, which is a lot of song. Looking forward to hearing about that. We'll catch up on a group of young girls doing a charity cycle from Edinburgh to London, which is not half bad. And as I promised, we're going to find out how to make the absolutely, ultimately, perfectly spiced doll. So do stay with us for that. What's news? Well, I'm just going to take a little bit of a break from the news, the hard news today, just to give you some tips for mothers. From a lady by the name of Dr. Judy Jay, she's from the Stress Clinic, and she opens by saying, take time out to appreciate yourself. Good call. Then she says, choose your battles. Do not immediately respond in anger to a difficult situation, because you may say something you'll regret for a uh, a long time. So rather ask yourself, will this really matter in five days, five months, or five years? What What a sound bit of advice. If you do respond, however, she says, attack the problem, not the person. Deal with the issue at hand, not the person, him or herself. For example, if the homework isn't done, don't call the child lazy or disobedient. And don't label your family members negatively, saying to your partner or child, you are useless, you are an idiot, because these negatively, negative labels remain and are not forgotten. Shine the light on what is right. Focus on the good things that family members do. It's, it's, it's a nice one. And give love, love, and more love. Spread happiness and sense of well-being to have a successful and contented family, a family that lives in a place of harmony together. Well, there you go. That's something to think about uh, over this Freedom Weekend. Give love and freedom. Another nice piece of news, interesting uh, choice here. A driving school in Kailicha has been named after slain bride Annie Diwani because it wants to change the perception that townships are a breeding ground for criminals. It's a way of conveying a message to the community that what happened to Annie was wrong and now we should show the positive side of life here. So says uh, Project Coordinator Bukiwe Mapafa, who says we have already uh, had people who've passed their learners and are looking forward to driving. And I think that they've something like 600 learn, uh, learner drivers were already registered for free classes from Monday to Saturday. And the school was looking for cars that they could use for learner driving. So if you've got a car that you don't want, you know where it can go, to the brand new Annie Diwani Driving School in Kailicha. Listen to Otherwise. Stay with us. Need to renew your TV license? Pop into your provincial SABC TV license office, update your details, and you could win a 32-inch LCD TV. So whether you're living in Pretoria, Porokwane, Bloemfontein, Durban, Kimberley, Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, Nelspruit, or Johannesburg, we are here to help with all inquiries. So go local. Step into your SABC provincial office today and stand a chance to win. TV licenses, making a difference. You know you belong when you end good stories with shame. Asked how you are, you say you are hundreds. You know it's Kotani when you see one. Having a god that makes your day. You know you belong when you never miss Eastern Mosaic. Even if your name is Suzanne van der Marwe. Because it's the little things you do that make you truly South African. SABC 2. Otherwise, with Nancy Richards. 
is indeed Other Wives of Me, Nancy Richards, talking women as we do each and every weekday right here on SAFM. And each and every Friday for the last couple of months or so, we've been talking about women's groups, women's organisations, women's uh, museums, all sorts of uh, women's libraries, uh, right here in South Africa and all across the world. And we've certainly uh, turned up some interesting organisations. And if you've got an organisation that is specifically focused on women, do let us know whether it's uh, here in South Africa or elsewhere. Pop us an email. We're at otherwise at safm.co.za. Or find us on Facebook. It's uh, otherwise on SAFM. Well, in our searching, what have we come across but an all-woman singing group? Well, I imagine that there are many across the world, really, because women have such wonderful voices, and when they sing collectively, that's such unbelievably good energy. But this particular one, it's called Heartbeat, which is also a good title. It's been going for 21 years and still going strong, and we have here... I think one of the originals, or maybe not quite one of the originals, she's Jenny Fleetwood, all the way from Suffolk. And lovely to have you with us, Jenny. I'm very lovely to be here. I'm not going to put you in a spot and ask you to give us a tune, but it was very tempting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very glad you didn't. (laughs) So, Heartbeat, were were you there 21 years ago? No, I wasn't there right at the beginning. I joined about two or three years after they got going. Um, It all began in, towards the end of 1991, Um, I live in a very rural part of England, and about 21 years ago, it was even quieter than it is now, and a woman called Rose Titchener, who was feeling very isolated, the old story, you know, children to take to school, activities, trying to work at the same time, and she felt it would be lovely to get together with a group of women and do something for fun. And she heard about uh, someone called Sean Cruz, who is an extraordinary singing teacher, Um, who operates in the Norfolk region, and she was running workshops for people who thought they couldn't sing. Mm. And so Rose invited her along, arranged a workshop, and that was the very beginning. For people who thought they couldn't sing, I like the emphasis on thought they couldn't sing. Are you you implicating that uh, everybody can sing, really? Well, everyone can sing. Not everyone can sing terribly well, (laughs) but everybody can sing. And... There is such pleasure to be derived from just sharing your voices. This isn't about anything competitive. It isn't Mm. about people soloing. It's about a group of people getting together, learning new songs, all taught by ear. No one has to read music. And just sharing the pleasure of being together. Mm. And there's something incredibly good about singing. It releases endorphins. And it just makes you feel good and a great way to form friendships. So how did you get involved? Did you, did you, think, that you, did you think you couldn't sing? What, what was your take on singing? Years ago at Camps Bay High, because I grew up in this country, I loved to sing and one of the teachers heard me and said she'd like me to sing in the school concert and I thought, right, song from um, My Fair Lady, I think it was, no, West Side Story. And she and I were practicing after school one day when the head teacher poked his head round the door and he said, what is that caterwauling? <laughs> and that was the end of me singing for a long time. And then my children started to sing and they were all in choirs. And I thought, you know, why can't I do this? And I heard about Heartbeat mm. and became involved. And here I am, sort of 19 years later in my case. Wow. How many, how many members are there? There are 16 now permanent members, and we are now a closed group. We've been together so long that we don't often have people join or leave us. But we, also, we organise big workshops for much bigger groups. We organise singing weekends. I've got one coming up in October this year when we take over an old abbey 
and we have up to 40 people singing and we work with various composers who come along and teach us repertoire but again all by ear so you don't have any hang-ups about do I know you know what these squealy lines mean on the paper because everything is taught slowly by ear in three three part harmony and you'd be amazed how quickly people Mm. find they can sing I'm just thinking about your Camps Bay Caterwauling story and I imagine that each and every one of those 16 women have got a, an equivalent story there must be there must be a huge amount of stories amongst you do, do you do a lot of sharing as well as well as sharing oh, enormously so um, our group have been together so long that we're almost we're almost welded together I think there's not much we don't know about each other we're very much a sisterhood but the wider group when we get together for our singing weekends or for one day workshops we are often called the the eating group that sings because food is a big part of what we do and we always have a shared lunch. Well, you need strength to sing, don't you? You need strength. And at the lunches, people often come up with different tales and very often involving someone patting them on the shoulder, a choir mistress or choir master saying, sorry, you're flat, you're no good. And that person is blighted. And maybe they're singing in the bath very secretly and quietly. And then they come along to one of our workshops and they say... I can sing, and it's it's a wonderful experience, and I wish every woman have, would have that opportunity. Mm, mm. And I suppose it could it, all it needs is is a group of women, maybe a singing teacher, like, like you had right at the beginning you to, do, to yeah. get everybody started. What do you sing? Presumably not West Side Story. No, we don't <laughs> sing West Side Story. Um, ours tends to be a world repertoire, so we draw songs mm. from all over the world, um, from Romania, from Georgia, from Africa... Um, not always with the right pronunciation, we discover lately, but um, from the southern states of America. In fact, at one point, we were accused of singing f- far too seldom in English. And when, when that, that accusation was made, we uh, decided that we would create a C- CD, and it's called Song of the Raven Woman, and we commissioned an English composer, another amazing woman called Alison Burns, to write songs for us, and over two or three years, we learned the repertoire. It took quite a long time. And we produced a CD in English. But a lot of our singing is in other languages. Mm-hmm. Which one's from Africa? Which one's from South Africa? Well, the very first song ever taught us at that first workshop in 1992 was Ezulwini, which, as you may know, means heaven. And um, so that's one. Hambalulu is another one we sing. The embarrassing thing is very often if I talk to my African friends and say, oh, I know this one, I know that one, um, they haven't heard of them. <laughs> but Shoshaloza, of course, mm. we, everyone's heard of, which is another one that we sing. You don't sing the click song? Um, we have had tried, tried it, <laughs> but uh-uh, no, not that one. So there, it sounds like there's quite a lot of contemporary songs as well as traditional songs, world songs. Any, any particular favourites? Um, well, there's a very big crossover. Our favourite is usually what we're learning at the time. Yeah. We love the songs by this composer, Alison Burns, who's Scottish. And she has just the most wonderful gift for melody and for harmonies. Um, we also, all of us enjoy African songs, and our audiences love African mm. songs. And in fact, we've got a concert coming up in September, purely of African music. Uh, we're sharing the bill with... Um, a a drum group and we're going to do it to raise funds for a outreach project in Hart Bay mm-hmm. 
And that's been very much part of the ethos of the group ever since it began. It was decided that we would attempt to raise funds for people less well-off than ourselves. So the very first fundraiser was for Africa in Crisis way back in the 90s. We do a lot of singing for um, water aid, for creating, uh, giving um, wells and so on in third world hmm. countries. Um, so that's been part of the thrust of what we do. And half the proceeds from sales of CDs are divided between Water Aid and Ezekiel Alwazi, which is this charity I mentioned in Half Bay, or this outreach group. And the other thing we've always determined was that no woman should be financially, um, should be in the spot over having to pay to come. So we keep our, our fees as low as we can. And there's always been a fee for childcare. So we've seen each other through through the babies, through the teenagers, through the marriages and the deaths and the bereavements and the, all, the whole gamut of life. Wow. And now we're all grandparents, most of us anyway, and we're working on a lullaby CD. Oh, that just sounds so ultimately womanly. Are you always, however, in harmony? I'm just thinking that uh, 21 years is a long time all to be together, despite the fact that it's very uplifting and everybody feels very good. Do you have sort of, get, you know, other times when... Somebody might tap you on the shoulder and say, you are flat, or, or oh. I mean, I don't mean physically, and I, I don't mean musically speaking in harmony, but are there tensions? Oh, there? no, of course there are. You would never get 16 women together and not ever fall out. But the great thing is, that I think we've learned over the years, to speak up. And if someone is getting on your nose or whatever, or you... You could say, you know, that thing you do, it's really annoying. And we can say it to each other. And sing it to them very and loudly. Sing it. And sing it. Jenny, it sounds absolutely wonderful. Your CDs, are they available in South Africa? Can anybody pop you an email and perhaps you can... Um, we don't sell in... We've, we have a very, very, very small run of CDs, mm. which are only sold locally, so we're not commercial. We mainly, we mainly distribute them when we sing. If someone were desperate to have a CD, uh, or to find out more about the singing group, or how to do something similar oh. because all of all of the singing groups in England and there are many like mine are all part of the natural voice workshop so if anyone wants information they could certainly drop me an email natural voice workshop yes oh, I wonder if there's a, a branch here in South Africa that I don't know but there are so many natural voices here in South Africa oh, so absolutely Jenny lovely how what a, what a wonderfully uplifting story and as I say I'm going to let you off the hook from giving us a quick tune but <laughs> nonetheless I'm going to give out your email address if anybody would like to find out a little bit more I do that yes yes yeah, Jenny Fleetwood and she's one of the not one of the original members but certainly she has earned her stripes Jenny Fleetwood of the Heartbeat group, All Women Singing Group in the UK. And if you'd like to find out more, her email address is lavenderhouse49 at gmail.com. lavenderhouse49 at gmail.com. And don't forget, if you missed it, pop us an email and we will forward you all the info. Otherwise at safm.co.za. In the Saturday play this week, Jerry Mufukeng speaks to Samson Rachibandando. Mm-hmm. Decided to talk to me. So yes, I can see you read papers every day. Oh, but now we do meet in town. Yeah, if you want to come along with me, if you want to come, come to a meeting with me. Come along with me to a meeting. Where do you meet? In one of the union offices. You should come. Don't miss under the skin. Jerry Mufukeng, in conversation with Samson Rachibandando this Saturday evening, just after the seven o'clock news. Mm-hmm. 
been listening to Otherwise here on SAFM. Wasn't that just a really lovely story about all those women getting together? And, uh, you know, don't forget, you should, even if you think you can't sing, maybe try and do something similar. I remember when my sons were at school, I remember they had a group of, of for the singers who were maybe not choir material, but they were called the enthusiastic sing- singers. And I guess being enthusiastic is really what it's all about. Well, this next one, I'm going to confess right up now that in my search the other day for how to make the perfect vegetable dal curry, I stumbled upon Razia Johnston. She's the founder of a little shop, tiny little shop called Spice in the City, who not only gave me very, very valuable advice, but she also thrust at me the printed recipe. So I rushed out and went home and made it. Razia, thank you very much for all your help there. Um, it was lovely. And, uh, and I have made the aforementioned dal, and very tasty it is too. But now, dal, just explain to us exactly what dal is. Okay, dal is a lentil. It's a legume. And in Indian cooking for years, for centuries, it has been considered one of the perfect nutritional meals as an accompaniment with rice. Um, The amino acids absent in rice are found in dal. So it creates the perfect perfect balance. It's very good for the digestion and it's easy on the digestion. Dal has so, so dal is the word for the lentil itself. For the lentil. And then the dish is called dal. Dal curry and rice. Dal is a lentil and it can be, there are a number of different varieties of lentils. Masoor dal is actually a brown lentil. The husk is brown. If you peel it or if, if the husk is taken off, it gives you the orange lentil. And that is the most widely, commonly um, cooked lentil. There are a number of different lentils, mung dals whole or split, and they all offer the same nutritional value, but different consistencies and textures when cooked. You know, I'm just thinking that as we're listening to you, of course, I know that you are of uh, Indian origin, but what people will be hearing is a very strong Irish accent, (laughs) because I think you spent most of your life in Dublin. I was born in Durban, South Africa. I was raised in Dublin. I hail from Dublin. I'm extremely Dublin. But my roots are still firmly South African, and when it comes to food, um, I think I've been very lucky with the eclectic mix of Irish food, which I love, and Indian food, which I grew up with. Well, maybe in another our day you'll come and tell us about an Irish stew, but let's go back, <laughs> back to the doll. So here we find you back in South Africa producing and, and having started the Spice in the City, which is a little shop where you specialise in, in different spices. So how do you make the perfect doll? Well, I can't lay claim to um, offering how to make the perfect dal because personal tastes, but if I give you some basics, hopefully it's a good starting point and with a little bit of creativity and fun in the kitchen, everybody will be able to make their own version of the perfect dal. Um, it's very, very simple. Just a few basic rules. Um, water um, to dal, it's uh, generally useful to have um, uh, a little bit less water and you can always add some. The rule of thumb is a double volume water to your lentils. So if you're using a cup of lentils, um, two cups of water. And it's also quite good to rinse your dal a few times off in cold water and as you drain it just be a bit careful not to lose your lentils through a colander uncooked maybe try a sieve um that just sort of gets rid of any dirt or or grit dust really that lentils uh, tend to have in them 
So while you've got your water just um, coming to the simmer in your pot, you, you have a pot with water with your um, d- double volume to the lentils, which are sitting getting ready to be put into the pot, um, you can start to add your aromatics. Just a few basic fresh spices to start with. Depending on your taste, your own particular taste, two to three green chilies um, chopped up um, finely. Um, Now, a medium tomato or two tomatoes, depending on the amount of dal you're using, and generally a fresh tomato. You're trying to keep the colour as natural and your ingredients. Would you put that into the boiling water? Put that into the boiling water. The few steps initially for the boiling water is you put your your chilies, your tomato, if you have a medium-sized onion, a regular white onion, you can slice half of that onion finely, add that to your dal water, a clove or two of garlic finely sliced, and it's always lovely to have fresh, uh, sometimes it's hard to get fresh curry leaves, if not dry will do, but fresh curry leaves and a little bit of chopped fresh mint. All of these are your balancing flavours to the water, because remember, it's just a lentil and water, that won't, that won't be very interesting. Um, a small piece of whole cinnamon is also very nice. That's an aromatic. And then finally, you can put in your turmeric, which gives dal its classic yellow colour. But it's helpful to look at the clear water so you can see you've all your ingredients. So you put in all these aromatics into, into, the, into the boiling water. And at what point do you put the lentils in? Once your turmeric is added and slightly dissolved, then you can add your lentils. Seasoning is essential. A lot of people don't like to use salt. A good quality salt uh, would be preferable um, because you do need to bring out the flavour of the lentil. You need to enhance the the dish with seasoning. That all starts to happen. And then there's the process that you referred to as tempering. Yes. Your dal should cook for about 30 to 40 minutes, at which stage it will sort of disintegrate into a pureed consistency and simmering gently. And you'll you'll almost be able to tell when it's cooked. When it's almost ready, you have a small little pot on the side. It's preferable to use a a light oil, sunflower or canola. Uh, It would be a waste to use any light, um, good olive oil. And also you need the correct heating point to temper your whole spices. Tempering can be very simple. It could be just a clove of garlic, but if you add the other half of that sliced onion that you put into your dal water, if you have that sliced finely, once your oil is hot, add the onions. Now, onions have a moisture content, so you just they will cool the oil down. Heat it till they're golden brown, then add in your garlic. It's as simple as that. With that tempered oil, you pour that into your cooked dal. And put the lid on quickly because the spice that, that will infuse. Stir it through? You, you don't have to initially because you can just take the lid off and you'll be able to smell the difference. There's, the aroma is, it's almost nutty and sweet. And what that tempering does is it transforms your dal from sort of an, an everyday ordinary dish into something like restaurant quality. <laughs> <laughs> You, there are a couple of things that in the recipe that you gave me. Uh, yes. You added into the into the tempering uh, yes. mix cumin seeds and black mustard seeds. Optional? Absolutely. Well, black up mustard seeds, I think, are always optional. It's just important to get familiar and comfortable with your tempering because you can temper it with almost anything. Those are the very basics. I usually use a half teaspoon of whole cumin seeds. Your cumin seeds, now seeds burn quickly, so... I tend to do that last, add the cumin seeds. 
you really want to get comfortable with what you're doing and then you can experiment. Some people actually temper their dal as well with fresh curry leaves that they throw into that hot oil with the onion, garlic, cumin. You just have to be careful that those curry leaves don't have water on them if they're washed because the oil will sputter. But they'll crisp up and then you can throw it into the dal. Your mustard seeds remember, need to pop before they go into anything. So with a bit of practice and lots of experimentation, you can create all sorts of different dal dishes and flavours. If it lasts long enough, can you freeze it? Dal freezes really well. In fact, it's almost better to freeze it if you want to cook a big quantity of it because fridge life isn't uh, as long, maybe two to three days, but it will freeze and defrost absolutely perfectly. And if you want all the ingredients, the place to go is Spice in the City. It's in the Adelphi Centre right here in Seapoint in Cape Town. So let me give out... And, um, Razia, can people find your recipes on your website? Yes, our recipes are all posted on the website, and we try and update them regularly. The dal is one of the most popular, and our, our, our beans. Uh, people are very focused on healthier mm. eating, so they'll be able to pick up all our recipes. Well, there you go. If you've been totally tempted by what you've heard, check the website, Razia Johnson. Thank you very much, and I must tell you, it came out a treat. With absolutely, I'm delighted. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Lovely. <laughs> www.spiceinthecity.co.za. Spiceinthecity.co.za. We're still to come here on Otherwise, going to be talking to two new African photographers and to one of a group of schoolgirls who are just about to cycle all the way from Edinburgh to London. Sure. But right now it's uh, 1.30, time for the news headlines with the Sunder. Thank you, Nancy. Good afternoon. An unconfirmed number of people are believed to have died after an apparent ammonia leak at the Durban Harbour. Emergency services are on the scene. The Department of Energy has announced a whopping 73 cents per litre decrease in the petrol price for all grades. The, petrol, the price of diesel will decrease by 55 cents a litre. And South Korea is pulling out all its remaining workers from the joint industrial zone in North Korea after the North shunned an offer to talks to reopen it. The complex has been suspended since the North withdrew its 50,000 workers and blocked access to the South three weeks ago. For SAFM News, I'm Asanda Matsaunyane. Details at 2 o'clock. Great news to start the weekend, Nancy, about the petrol. Isn't it ever? God, I'm so excited about that. I wish I'd sort of driven around the block and empty my tank so I can finish <laughs> up with my cheap petrol. <laughs> That's good news. Yeah, lovely. Nice to have good news, eh? You're listening to Otherwise here on SAFM, and uh, SAFM brings you a special broadcast hosted by Kolani Gwala, live from 7 to 9 p.m. on the 30th of April at Glenhove Conference Centre with the Mail and Guardian and Seoul City Institute as we collectively search for solutions to end violence in our society. A panel of influential guests will discuss issues of violence in South Africa. And to book your seat to the special broadcast, email m at mg.co.za or call 011-250-7398. Mail and Guardian Critical Thinking Forum in partnership with SAFM. Otherwise, on SAFM. Talking women here on SAFM, it's talking otherwise and... Talking younger women at this particular moment, because uh, in a minute we're going to be talking to two new African photographers. I'm looking forward to hearing their story. But first up, a group of schoolgirls, in fact, from the Diocesan School for Girls. 
are planning to do a, a challenge. They're planning, together with a number of members of staff, to be cycling from Edinburgh to London. First, of course, they have to get across the water, but they're going to be cycling all the way from Edinburgh to London. And it seems that this is part of their, their sort of tradition at the Diocesan School, uh, where they've done all sorts of other daring things. They've swum, some of the girls have swum the English Channel, some of them swum from Robben Island to Bloberg, some have cycled from Grahamstown to Cape Town. But uh, this particular one, we've got Nakisa Kuma on the line. Hi, Nakisa. Hello, Anne. How are you? Excellent. Thanks very much. So are you one of the cyclists who are going off to cycle from Edinburgh to London? Yes, I am. I'm very wow, excited. that's very exciting. When are you going? We are going on in August, the end of August. So are you in training right now? Um, we start training. We're doing spinning, and we're going to do some um, out cycles soon. But it's because it's our second term, we're going to start in this term now. Are you, a, are you all cyclists? I mean, is this your first endeavour to do something like this? Um, well, no, we're not all cyclists. It's, that's the whole point of this challenge, that we try to do something physical and push our boundaries to um, to help underprivileged kids. Okay. And that's the thing. And a lot of us have not cycled such challenging things. I mean, seven days cycling, could be cycling for seven days, and each day as a group will cycle about 120k. So that's that's not something that any of us have done before. Yeah, I, I would say so. 120 kilometres a day. How long is it? What's the distance from Edinburgh to London? I'm not sure of the exact distance, but um, if we'll be cycling for seven days, so it'll be about 1,000 k's yeah. um, the whole distance altogether. What sort, of, uh, what sort of terrain will you be cycling over? I mean, all I can think of is motorways, but obviously you're not going to be cycling on motorways. Any, anybody done any mapping? Um, um, I think we'll mostly be cycling on a motorway because we have oh, really? uh, cycling groups and the groups will cycle in front of a bus where the other girls will sit on the bus and then we'll cycle in a relay type of thing. So we'll have five girls cycling and then after about 40 k's we'll switch over and another girl group of four cycles. But not 20 k's, all of us okay. each day will cycle in a relay type form. Oh, okay. How very sensible. So nobody's going to get saddle sores. No, no. <laughs> you mentioned that this is, it sounds like it's so you're challenging yourselves, but you're also challenging yourselves to, to do something for other people. Who are you fundraising for? Um, we either de- we're deciding between hospice or a local school because there's a school that started here in Grahamstown. So we're looking at helping them to have money for resources because they've just started out and they've got their building, but they just need money for resources and maintenance. So we're deciding between the two, but definitely towards a local children's type. Yeah. Association. Yeah. What um, um, I was going to ask you was if anybody is, is willing and available to help, presumably that's what you're doing. You're raising money, raising awareness. Oh, I know yes. what I was going to ask you. What's your goal? What's your financial goal? Our financial goal, um, every year it seems to be going up, and mm. I think it was about 20,000 last year or um, more than that. But we keep, we keep trying to push the boundaries every year because there are a group of about 20 girls, and it's you know, the more the more money each girl can maybe get sponsored, and we're looking at corporate sponsorships who can sponsor us per kilometer. So the more funds we raise, the the more can go to our chosen charity. So yeah, I, get, I mean, I, the better. Naki, so I have to point out that I suppose you could all save twenty thousand rand by not flying all the way to England and cycling <laughs> all the way. I suppose that's not the point. Who's paying for you all to get there? Is this the parents paying? Oh yes, it's the parents, and then the. Yeah, so we're more looking at, that's why we're not looking at doing more of the sponsorship from parents. We're looking at more corporates who can sponsor us even more than 
our parents could sponsor us just for the tour. What will the what will the uh, corporates get for their money? Will you be wearing their logos or? Yeah, um, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at what what if they would like us to wear their logo. We can wear it and take photos for them. And yeah, in, in the past they've done many pictures where their girls have worn the the, the company's clothing and given them the pictures back so they can maybe put them on their website yeah. or whatever they'd like. And saying it for girls, I have to say, saying it for the female of the species, yes, fabulous. Yes, yes, Nakisa, thank you very much. If anybody wants yes, to know more, is there a website or what do they do? Get hold of Diocese and Girls School? Yes, and our deputy head of school, he's in charge of the whole thing. He's coming with us, actually. So, yeah, they, by getting through to the school, they'll definitely get any information they want about the Jolly good, and I hope he's doing the whole jolly lot. Lovely. Nakisa Kumar, thank you very much. Very best of luck. Thank you so much for the program. Pleasure. Not often you get called ma'am these days. That's nice. Uh, Naki says she was talking there about the diocesan school for girls who are doing its cycling challenge around August, cycling all the way from Edinburgh to London. I'm hoping they might choose the local school there. I think uh, probably hospice needs the money as well. A lot of people needing a lot of money these days, so maybe if you can do something and challenge yourself at the same time, wouldn't that be good? You're listening to uh, Otherwise on SAFM. SAFM interacts on every level. Visit our website at safm.co.za. Follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio or simply like our Facebook page, SAFM Radio. Let's have the conversation. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And here on Otherwise on SAFM, next up, the new African photography. Well, it's a series by Al- or be- being broadcast on Al Jazeera. It's already started. It's uh, started on the 22nd of April. And it's looking at the ways in which photography is specific to Africa. And we've got two of the photographers who have been featured, well, one of them has been featured. The one who has already been featured is a young lady by the name of Lilia Novo, and I think we have her on the line. And the other one is Neo Nsoma, who is South African. But uh, let's start with Lillian. Hi, Lillian. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. Good. Very fine. Lillian, I think that your, uh, your... episode has already been broadcast and uh, it's called Invisible Borders because that's you have uh, called your, your photographic project Invisible Borders. What do you have in mind though? Um, I mean what we have in mind is where we have the tree. No, what is Invisible Borders all about? Okay, Invisible Borders. Okay, um, it's a group of um, 10 people mm-hmm that um, decide to go on a trip to capture um, Africans' um, um, pride, Africans', Africans um, heritage and things like that. Like, um, we, the group is about um, Africans telling their own story themselves. We've had enough of um, um, other people who are not Africans writing the story of Africa. So it's just a group of 10 people who decide to tell our story themselves. And how do we want to tell the story as artists is by experiencing the land about um, we, we, we being weakness of it and taking those pictures because a, a picture speaks a thousand words. So um, we just wanted to go and, and capture stuff where we can see, our eyes can see, our hearts can see, and telling our stories. That's, that's what English is about. Do, are, are we talking about still photography? Yes, two photographs. Okay, and I think that you were one of the one of the people who went on the trip. Yes, I was. uh, I went on a trip with them last year, two thousand and twelve. Okay, and where did they go from and to? 
Okay, um, the trip we got, we got to come from Lagos, Nigeria, to um, Gabon. The original plan was to stop at uh, Kungu and Libreville, I mean uh, Kinshasa, but we stopped at uh, Gabon, Libreville. And that's that we, we couldn't proceed to Congo, Kinshasa, because we had um, difficulties on the road. We had um, we discovered that there were lots of discovered that there were lots of there were lots of um, 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 bad roads and lots of delays in terms of um, border issues and all that. So we actually stopped at Libreville, Gabon. What for you were the highlights, or not necessarily highlights, but what were the the moments that you uh, were most pleased to have captured photographically? Okay, the the moment that I captured photographically was um, <clears throat> a lady called um, Chantal. Um, I met her in Gabon, actually. Actually, I, I would say all the moments for me were really thrilling. Where were 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 unique and mm. you know. But there was just this particular woman I was working with. She she's called Chantal and uh, Gabon. She sells in the on the open space market and um I just discovered a lot of things about about her. I discovered um the project was actually about um capturing or um, doing a series with women, African women, talking mm-hmm. about their strength and their pride and their beauty and everything. And this woman, it, 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 it was someone that that um, I discovered that she she was just she was the only one, or she's the only one thinking of everything about her family, even to extended family. I wouldn't say there was a particular part of her that was beautiful but that I captured that was really thrilling but I would say every other part of the series with her you know mm-hmm. some of the pictures are online but I I think okay if I have to really pick one it's when she was um, when I discovered uh, when I was capturing her taking plucking the mangoes herself you can mm-hmm. imagine a woman with kids trying trying getting fruit from the from, from the tree herself as mm-hmm. in she sells mangoes and all these other fruits but Typically, what I find in my own country is um, women go to the market and buy the fruit they were already plucked. But she had to there's this long stick she uses to pluck hers, and I think that process, the act of seeing her do that, was really my my highlight mm. for for the trip. But mm. yeah, truly, there were a lot of other other parts yeah. that I can't talk about right now on that way. Lillian, your um, your episode has already been broadcast. It was broadcast in April. But uh, do you have a website if anybody would like to see more of your pics? Yes, yes, yes. yes uh, I have a blog. It's called um, it's www.novoimages yeah. at WordPress. Novoimagesng at wordpress.com. Novo, Novo Images, images NG. Images, NG at WordPress.com. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Yes. Lillian, we're going to let you go. Sadly, the line is not terrific, but thank you very much. Very best of luck with your future journeys, eh? Thank you. Okay. Take care. Thank you so much. Lillian Novo, well, if she's from Nigeria, if you'd like to see more of her pics, uh, www.novoimagesng at WordPress.com. Novoimagesng at WordPress.com. We'll try and put that up on our Facebook page. Well, another one of the photographers who's, uh, whose piece is still to come, she's Nao Nsoma, she's from South Africa. She's incidentally also the first woman recipient of the CNN African Journalist Award for Photography. Got her on the line. Hi, Nao. Hi, 
Hello, Nancy. How are you? Excellent. Thanks very much. So your piece is still to come. That's going to be on the 13th of May. What is your take on photography? I mean, in terms of new African photography, what is your philosophy? I think it's a great concept that we now be given the platform to tell our own stories and to be broadcasting the world, for the world to see how African people portray themselves, how they would like to be portrayed, to show our pride and dignity that we've always craved to see publicized in foreign newspapers, magazines, and and um, all the other media. Yeah, you know, there is a tradition of of photography in Africa. I suppose it is sort of very colonial. Is that what you're bulking against, really? Yes, we we very much against that. Mm. I, like, I'll speak for myself. I've always had a problem with um, images of poverty, just images of, like, the dark side of Africa that is shown to the world, not the beautiful continent that we live in, the, the pride of the African people, you know? So I've always really tried to push myself to try and show the world that most of my exhibitions are all about um, black people really looking good, dressed well, celebrating them, really, celebrating the pride. Yeah, and specifically here in South Africa, where we, you know, sort of 19 years of freedom, um, you know, with Freedom Day coming up tomorrow, I suppose, are you reflecting how we are in these free years? Yes. Yes, my project is actually about that. The project that I was documented uh, working on, it's, um, I was like revisiting the pictures that I started photographing early in my career. And basically it was like pictures of my friends um, as we were trying to find our identity in the new South Africa. Um, and a whole lot of the people that I photographed end up becoming um, experts or they achieved greatness in whatever field, you know, they, they, they pursued. Um, I have photographed uh, like uh, people like uh, Cleo, who is um, one of the greatest, greatest producers to ever come of the country. You know, in, in, like in South Africa, I have photographed Ife Modingwana, who is an excellent fashion designer. He's shown many times at Fashion Week. And um, Ishmael, who is the lead group, uh, the lead uh, band member of Josie. Josie also, it's, it's actually about it. It's about celebrating the, the roots of Africa and modernizing it a bit. So my work is about, it's about celebrating this generation that I grew up with, that I found myself um, mingling with, befriending, and creating things, aspiring to, to be great. And we, we tried to achieve something that had never been achieved by black people in South Africa before. So... It's more like a celebration, really. Yeah. The, the portraits themselves, the actual shooting, uh, do you set them up? I mean, are we talking studio pictures, or are they candid pictures? Do you, do you stalk your candidate and take pictures of them until you get what you're looking for? How do you work? Um, most of them are most uh, like your environmental portraits, where I'll visit either an artist or like my subjects to wherever they work and try to show them, try to show what they have accomplished, you know, um, because initially it was basically just taking portraits of them, you know, in studio, in location, but then this time I decided to, to go out and photograph them in their spaces, within their spaces. And do, how do people respond? I suppose you have to get to know them a bit to sort of make them relax, be who they are in front of the camera. 
Um, fortunately enough is that um, these people I have I have um, I've known them over the years. I've met, I've known them for 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 years. They 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 are part of my life. They are my friends. Most of these people in my pictures I know them personally. So I think it's just a natural thing, you know, for them. They know that I'm a photographer. So as much as the camera can be an intimidating tool, but those are like people that are really used to being out there, you know. These are like celebrities. Yeah. These are people that. When I met them, they were not celebrities. They were aspiring to becoming celebrities. And um, over the years, they have uh, been photographed many times. So it, that makes my life very easy. It makes what yeah, very easy and you've me. captured really. their spirit. No, lovely. Thank yes, you very much. Spirit, yeah. Lovely. Take care. Thank you. And I think Thank that your you so piece much. is going to be screened on Al Jazeera on the 13th of May. On the 13th of May, yes. Yeah. What time? Um, it's... 12 o'clock midnight in South Africa, but GMT time is 10.30, I think. Okay. I think it's 12.30, yeah, 12.30 in South Africa. There you go. Well, if you're a night owl, Somewhere that's the thing to watch. Neon Soma, thank you very much. And uh, that brings otherwise to a close for today. Don't forget Al Jazeera, uh, around about midnight, in fact, on the 13th of May. You can see a little bit more of her work. Next up here on SFM, time for Sharp Sharp, the children's programme.